You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. and welcome to the second episode of Fired Up Sports Betting. We talked about a lot of sports and the lines, and we cashed some, we pushed some, and we lost some. So today, we're going to go back into the lines we see and uh, go from there, starting off with the NFL futures again. Last time, we looked at teams that we expected to win Super Bowl when it came to the NFL season. Right now, I would like to start off with who had the best shot at winning MVP and where the odds lie and who have the best odds. With that being said, we're looking at Josh Allen in my book at plus 1100. Now that's a great value for a per for a person who's on a team, not only a decent team, but a team that I believe has a significant shot of not just winning the AFC North and coming out of there, but actually competing for the Super Bowl. Josh Allen showed how much he has improved over the last year and a half with his leg and his arm and with having weapons like Stephon Diggs and the team improving and gelling together more. I think Josh Allen at plus 1100 is great value. Another person, in my opinion, that has a great value coming out this season is Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson has said a lot in the media about not playing in Seattle and not being and wanting to get traded just like uh, Deshaun Watson had earlier. But Russell has weapons now added to him. He has DK Metcalf. And I think Russell Wilson in a division like NFC West, if he can pull the Seattle Seahawks into the playoffs and have a winning record, he will be automatically mentioned in that list of players that deserve the MVP. Now, this one, a lot of people are not talking about it. And Russell Wilson, by the way, is sitting at plus 1,800. So that's great value. So we have Josh Allen at plus 1,100. Russell Wilson at plus 1,800, right? Two quarterbacks. Usually, I'm looking for quarterbacks that have a chance of winning. And my third one, again, sitting at plus 1,700, coming off a major injury that ended his season last year from the NFC North, from the Dallas Cowboys, Mr. Dak Prescott. Now, we know the weapons Dallas has. And we'll start off just with Blake Jarvin at tight end. I think he has underperformed so far. I think he's a great, reliable check down tight end, along with Michael Gallup, who has shown that he could be a great deep threat when the ball is accurately thrown to him, and he can outjump a lot of the DBs and safeties to get the ball. We have Amari Cooper, who has shown over and over again how elite he can be as a receiver, and I think having Dak a whole season will only just prove how dangerous this offensive can be. And let's not forget... You have Zeke in the backfield that will take a lot of pressure away and a lot of attention away from Dak Prescott, and that's what made this offense really, really good. I don't see a lot of teams competing with Dallas in the NFC North, and that's why their value to win uh, NFC East, and I think that's why their value to come out of the East is very low right now. Like it's at plus 110 last time I checked, with Washington being close second. And with that being said... Dallas has a great shot and not only coming out of the NFC East, but making a deep run in the playoffs. And I think for Dallas to do that, their offense has to be clicking on all cylinders. 
and Dak will be leading that offense. And when they put up the numbers like they did early on, if they put up the numbers like they did earlier on in uh, the 2020 season before Dak got injured, I think Dak would be a prime candidate. And at plus 1,700, I think that's great value to get him on. So those would be my three uh, players, and all three of them are quarterbacks. What a shocker, right? Another one that I really like, another future NFL bet, is Seattle Seahawks at plus 275. Now, them coming out of the NFC North, uh, NFC West is, I think, is a great number at plus 275, uh, with four teams obviously competing. Your LA Rams, which have improved on the offensive end, and they have an elite defense, but it's still Matthew Stafford still has to show that he can lead the team over the hump and not make the mistakes he made in Detroit in crucial games. And we'll be able to see if he proves that or not. We also have San Francisco 49ers. Now, we don't know really what's going on in that quarterback room right now with Jimmy G still supposedly the starter, supposedly the starter for the 49ers with Trey Lance in the wings. We have the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Cardinals defense has improved. Their offense uh, with Kyler Murray and D Hop would be interesting to see because a lot of like there's a lot of been progression and I think Kyler Murray has performed better than I thought he would ever would. But then again, with Kyler Murray, like there wasn't that next level where we have seen him done that, like where he's making those next level throws. And I would love to see that from him to make Arizona an actual candidate. And for them in that division, he needs to prove that. So at Seattle coming out of the NFC West at plus 275. I love that number. Uh, Seattle has the offense. They are starting to revamp the defense. And it would it'd be good to see Seattle back in its full prime and Russell Wilson actually being a contender and not a pretender when it comes to the uh, Super Bowl. There were a couple more uh, great odds that I liked when I looked at the futures uh, lines. Uh, and that's rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Now, usually, again, with like the MVP, usually it goes to the quarterback like last year, Justin Herbert, um, killing it for with Chase Young right there, too, actually. So, I mean, this year, I think it's going to be between the quarterbacks that went right with knowing that Jimmy G right now is a starter of San Fran and Bears repeatedly saying that Justin Fields will not be starting for them and is the backup quarterback to Andy Dalton. We're looking at Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence at plus 275 is not a greatest number in the world, but it is a good number enough to where I like it because there are only two players off that list that I am playing on, and that is not, and they're both quarterbacks. And the other one that is expected to start all season, as long as no injuries happen, is Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. Now, Jets have revamped their offense, have given this young quarterback some weapons, so I expect Wilson to be putting up numbers too. Now, it just depends which one of them have a better season. I do think Trevor Lawrence has an easier schedule than um, Zach Wilson and the Jets. So that's why he's such a huge favorite uh, at the books. But Zach Wilson at plus 747 uh, is great odds, too, because I think the offensive rookie of the rookie of the year is going between those two players only. And I expect one of them to win it. So if you, you know, if you even bet like one unit, you're coming out on top on both of them, regardless. Obviously, you're rooting for Zach Wilson because who doesn't want more money, right? Let's move on to the NBA. We got a game seven coming up, Philly and Atlanta. This is going to be a fun game. Uh, 
I expect the Philly crowd to be a ruckus and making a lot of noise. And last time in our first episode, I thought Philly was going to take the game comfortably, game five, and they did not show up. And Atlanta made sure that they got their third win. And at that point, everybody was telling me Atlanta's going to the Eastern Conference Finals and they're not going to lose game six at home. But guess what Philly does? They take a huge lead. They almost give that back up too. But they hang on and they get it done and they move the game back to Philly. Now, if you would have told me at the beginning of the series that Atlanta would win three games in Philadelphia, I would not believe you. And that's what needs to happen. I do not see Atlanta winning game seven in Philly, but I do not think they'll be covering. I do not. I cannot say for sure or feel confident in saying that Philadelphia will be covering in this game. But what I do like in this bet is the over 216 and a half. Um, both teams have averaged when you combine their scores for the six games over 221. The line set at 216. Now, the last three games have gone under because you have seen more defensive and more missed free throws. But I don't see that being the case this time around. I, I feel both teams have adjusted well and will be adjusting well moving forward offensively too and uh, executing too at this point game seven everybody's laser focused more and i expect this game to go over 216 and a half and another main reason i expect this game to go over 216 and a half is because i expect whichever team is losing to prolong it by start committing earlier fouls on players like clint capella the famous hack of ben now and to make sure that they stay in the game longer by hoping that these players miss free throws. And even if these players are hitting 50%, that's one extra point moving forward every 30 seconds so, or less than 24 seconds. So with that being said, I, I, I do like the over and I expect the over to hit comfortably in this game at uh, 216 and a half with Philly and Atlanta. Now, the other game I want to talk about is game one of the Western Conference Finals. It is the Phoenix Suns and L.A. Clippers. What a performance by Terrence Manns, by the way. Hats off to Terrence Manns. He came out. Nobody expected that from him. Dropping the way he played. Pretty much made sure that Clippers were coming back in the third quarter all by himself. And it, a lot of what got overshadowed was the playmaking of Reggie Jackson and Paul George during that. It was great. And it wasn't just Terrence Mann was, that was getting open shot. You saw Nicholas Batum. You saw Markeith Morris. So you saw a lot of good basketball from the Clippers being played. But the question is, can this continue on? And both players, like both teams are missing key players here. And Chris Paul, Phoenix has been off for like, seems like three months now after sweeping the Denver Nuggets. Are they rusty coming out game one at home? I don't think so. Especially if CP3 is playing this game, right? If CP3 is playing this game, I doubt Phoenix comes out rusty. And the reason I say that is, the crowd is going to be off the charts in Phoenix. Everybody's going to be on their feet. CP3 has been salivating for this moment. He's been waiting all his career to be able to play in these games. And once again, his luck, either an injury or COVID-19 has got him. And I do want him to, I, I am hoping that he's playing because that, that changes the series all the way. Because if CP3 isn't playing, then you're making Devin Booker a playmaker. Not saying that he can't make plays, but he's much better and much more effective when he is scoring, when he is being found for open shots or open in the lane and, and, Deon, and easy buckets are being created for DeAndre Atrin, uh, DeAndre Atrin, uh, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. So, but if it's Cameron Payton, that's another scorer that's going to be starting instead of CP3. And I just don't know if he can, if he has shown enough to show that he can be the playmaker that CP3 is. And 
I hardly doubt anyone can compare to CP3's playmaking when it comes to this, especially how versatile and experienced he is and the vision the man has. It's nothing but respect. But on the other side, Paul George has upticked his game. Instead of Pandemic P, he has started to look like Playoff P, and which is a, which is a great sight to see for, uh, for the Clipper fans, even though it took uh, Kawhi Leonard going down. And with an ACO injury, I don't see Kawhi really risking it. Uh, you saw how he, uh, how him and his team acted with his injury in San Antonio. So I, if it's a serious ACO injury, I don't see them risking it and coming back for this series. But you never know. And with that being said, there will be a lot to be seen in game one. And there's no play for us here. Uh, we're staying away from that game. And we're going to see how this one plays out, first of all, game one. And then we'll move forward from there and hopefully find some good value to crush. move on to Euro 2020. It, like I've said before, it has been fun watching these games uh, with, fa- uh, with the stands filled with fans and, you know, just good soccer being played at a high international level. I've always been a fan of international soccer over club soccer. And now it's been very exciting. Uh, we are going on to the third round of matchups in the group stages. And we'll go over some games here that I feel like we can, well, that I've found value in, and then we can crush over the next uh, week or so. Uh, starting with the uh, game uh, Sunday with Turkey and uh, Switzerland. Yeah, sorry about that. I completely messed that up. Turkey and Switzerland. Turkey and Switzerland. Now, Switzerland has shown. Uh, I think Switzerland's performance, they have outperformed what they are capable of, to be honest. And it's impressive to see. And Turkey has definitely underperformed. Now, but when you give me a plus 400 money line for Turkey, my eyes light up. Now, obviously, everybody's expecting Turkey to lose here. But Turkey still has something to play for. They can still come out of the stage as the number three team and qualify for the uh, final 16. So I feel like Turkey will be coming out more better. Maybe it's just my bias for some reason that I find myself, uh, maybe I'm overrating it, but I really love the value at plus 400 for Turkey uh, Sunday. Then on Tuesday, we got Croatia versus Scotland. Now, Croatia versus Scotland is a fun game. And if you remember from the first episode, Croatia was one of my dark horses to win this game. And for them to advance, winning against Scotland would be important. Now, you're getting plus 130 for Croatia. Now, usually I would, have, I would have even played this line at minus 165, minus 155, minus 145. But the reason we're getting Croatia at plus 130 is because of Scotland's performance against England. Another team, if you remember from episode one we talked about, that usually does not show up in big tournaments, which I believe Scotland benefited off of. And Scotland being able to draw with England really helped us this with this line and really made this line very valuable in my opinion. I think Croatia wins 2-0, 3-1, something comfortable, something easy, and moves on to the second round, and our darkest horse is alive, which would be great at plus 3,300 in my opinion. Now, we have 
probably the biggest game, a fun game, to be honest. We have the 2018 World Cup champions in France. And if not the biggest superstar, one of the biggest superstars in soccer in Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, we saw Germany just take handle business with Portugal. Portugal's not a bad team. There were two own goals involved, and Germany was able to squeak out 4-2. Now, mind you, I still think one or if not both of those goals still get scored, even if they're not on goals. Let's be real on those crosses. Uh, but France, with an underwhelming performance against Hungary, I feel like, again, this line, just like Croatia, should have been at least minus 145, minus 135. But because of France's performance against Hungary and Portugal's uh, performance against Germany, I feel like France getting plus 130 is great value. I expect Mbappe, Griezmann, all of them to come together, get their offense clicking right in time for the tournament. Now, let's be real. These were French were the tournament favorites to win it all. They're coming in. They will advance. Uh, they need to win to advance, in my opinion. Germany is looking good. Another one of our uh, dark horses with, along with Croatia. Uh, we love to see it, to be honest. And we have, what, Italy, Germany, Croatia, and France, the four teams that I thought have the, had the best value of winning it all. And I think France come, come uh, their game against uh, Portugal. Sorry about that. Just a little mind lapse. Uh, Portugal, they, France will come in and I think handle business. And uh, that plus 130 line gives us great value. about some hockey what a game that was right overtime with only 3500 canadian fans in the ice rink ice arena what do they call it these days anyways that was a fun game to watch that was one of like i love playoff hockey and that's when i start tuning in and that was a fun game to watch yes we were on the under five and the under five would have been great if mark andre fleury uh, doesn't make that mistake in the last two minutes or two minutes and 15 seconds and gives an open net goal to Montreal to make it tied 2-2. But for also for game four or game three, if you checked our Twitter and everything at Mo7688 and fired up sports betting, we had Montreal Moneyline at plus 150. I thought that was a great line for a Canadian team coming home with not all their fans there on their home ice and being able to pull off a win and exactly what they did in overtime. It was a fun game to watch from the start to finish. Now, coming into game four, there's not a line that I really like much. Um, Montreal is getting plus 155, 160, but Carey Price, that man, if that man, like that man is carrying on his team back, he had what, 45 to 50 saves that game? Jeez, like 45 to 50 saves, plus 40 saves. That's unreal. And let's not forget, Marc-Andre Fleury on the other side is a great goalie too. And if it wasn't for that mishap, Vegas takes a 2-1 lead in the series. Now, with that being said, like this game, game four coming up, I expect Vegas to win, but the line's not that good enough for me to play it. Or So it's completely left alone. And this under five thing, like we keep pushing on these under fives. I don't like to push. When we're 
placing bets. We want to win those, not push. We don't want to sweat it out for a push, right? We want to sweat it out for a win. And push is better than a win. Everybody agrees with that. But so under five seems to be pushing a lot. And I feel like that's still the right play. Because again, Marc-Andre Fleury, if he doesn't make that mishap, we're looking at a 2-1 game. Vegas takes a two lead and we cash. But we don't cash the Montreal money line. So plus 150 was a better one to cash, to be honest. And then pushing the over-under. With that being said, I, I think the, the series is fun. Islanders of Lightning, I still haven't been able to put a peep on it. I think Lightning will take it. Uh, the lines haven't been that uh, great from what I see. And the pro betting uh, systems that I've been using, they, they don't show any value in any of them, which is not common. Um, there's not a lot of values I'm seeing in the Clippers and Suns matchup, uh, which is not, again, which is very common for two superstars missing for both teams. So with that being said, like there's not a lot of uh, hockey plays coming up, but hopefully as the Stanley Cup gets closer and these series get deeper, we can start catching a few more before all said is done. Thank you.